How's everybody doing tonight? I know you're missing out on Cowboy game. We got Ranger game tonight, so there's a lot going on, but I'm so glad that you chose to be here with us tonight to praise our God together. And tonight I want to start by asking you to go back a little ways in your memory. And I'm going to ask for some participation, not so much stage uh, with you all, but with your neighbors for just a moment. Um, I want you to think back to a time, uh, perhaps at least five years ago, I'll just put it that way, something that happened in your life that you can remember all five senses of exactly, just the word or the memory you can go back, and you can remember everything about that scene, that event. This could be back 30, 40 years, maybe longer. So right now, just some vivid memory in your mind. I want you to just relate that. I want you to talk about the different senses you have, the smells, the, the, the sights, the, you know, everything about that moment. Just talk about that right now with the person next to you and, and just share that maybe a tough memory, maybe a special memory in some way. We'll come back together in just a minute. Go ahead. All right, make sure both of y'all get a chance. About 30 more seconds and we'll come back together, okay? Well, as you think about those moments, as you talk about those moments... I mean, we, we could all like pass by this stage tonight and talk about that, how impactful those moments have been in our lives. Uh, there was a memory I had, I was thinking about this week, that every, every now and again I'll catch a smell and it'll remind me of this moment that happened years ago. I was in an accident uh, and the airbags deployed. And I don't know if any of you have ever had that experience or walking up on a scene, but that smell of just airbags an accident can take me back there in just an instant. It's amazing how our senses pick up all of this experience. And tonight, I mean, I could share several phrases or words, and all of you can go back to where you were, what happened, the the smells, the sights, all five senses just kind of overwhelmingly come back. For those of you who have been married or maybe, uh, you know, take a moment just to think about that wedding day. Just the feeling of looking into the eyes of your spouse, of the commitments you made that day, or, or, or 9-11, right? I mean, just two words, right? Trigger all these thoughts and all these emotions and all these feelings of exactly where you were in the moment, the feelings, the thoughts, the memories, and all of that. I, the birth of a child, like I remember holding my son for the first time and all that came along with that. Uh, some of you remember graduation, Right? Remember where you sat? You remember the prank you pulled uh, for senior class prank that year? You remember all those things. Or, 
Or maybe it's bluebell ice cream tonight. And I'm sorry to bring that up, right? Are we ready for it to come up from Texas? I don't know what the holdup is. I have this memory of what it was like, and I can't wait to experience that again. There's certain moments, though, that aren't just moments in our lives that have to do with bluebell ice cream. They're moments of spiritual connection with God that perhaps you felt at some point. I don't know the language you'd use for that. Some of you who have committed your life to Christ, that's an easy transition perhaps. You say, this is when I met Christ, or this is when I committed my life to Christ, or maybe it was a, a baptism for you. I remember still the feeling of coming up out of the water at my baptism and making that commitment to God of my dad being the one to raise me out and the hug. And I remember who was around the table at dinner later that night when we got together. I remember all of those things. I remember when my life took a step forward in discipleship because I remember a guy named Josh at my summer camp who saw in me more than I saw in myself at the time and said, you know, Colin, you're living life just kind of going by the motions. But what would you think about stepping into a a, a next level of discipleship? What would you think about taking the next step and taking this more seriously? And I remember what that did for me. I remember a moment uh, when I was dating Holly, who's now my wife, and and Holly was, uh, we we were at a summer camp, Oklahoma Christian Zenith camp. And I still remember the moment that God had touched her heart about wanting to take the next step in her relationship with God and how she realized I was not the kind of guy that was helping her take that step. It was a hard moment. I can remember where I was on the campus when Holly said to me, Colin, you're not the guy I thought you were. And while that was painful at the moment, I can't tell you what that did to push me forward to be a better man to be a man of God in ways I wasn't living out. In other words, these moments in our lives are like snapshots, aren't they? But they're more than that. They're not pictures or, you know, they come with all these senses that remind us of this. I remember being on the Mount of Olives. I took a trip to Jerusalem several years ago, and I got the chance to be on the Mount of Olives and to take communion there. And There's not too many times that the bread or the cup passes by that I don't remember being with my family and seeing hymns And remembering exactly the night that Jesus was betrayed, where he was, and seeing that in front of me. But here's what I want to ask you tonight. When you have those moments of transcendence, of connection with the divine, of connection with God, maybe some of you can think back to those moments. How hard is it to explain those experiences to the people who weren't there to experience it with you? Have you ever had that experience before? A life-changing moment? Something that changed for you or something you can tell... God had done something in your life. And you try to explain it, and it cheapens the whole experience. And, and you don't get the reaction you would hope because it was this life-changing encounter, and you, you wish your, your close friend or your boyfriend or girlfriend or your spouse had been there to experience it with you because you know life will never be the same again because of that experience. Aren't there those experiences that poetry may be the only way to get at it, or simile, or, or these metaphors, because proper language can't, befit the experience that you have with the divine. I've had those experiences. And tonight I want to talk about one of those moments in Scripture briefly with you. It's a scene that's really strange for 21st century eyes and ears probably. But it's a scene that happened that Jesus was there and several of the disciples. So if you have your Bibles tonight, I encourage you uh, to open with me to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew's the first book in the New Testament, one of the Gospels, a story of Jesus. And this is a story of Jesus and the, the 12 guys who are with him, a few of them that experienced this with him. Uh, it's known as the story of the transfiguration, which is just a word that I don't use all that often. I haven't used it this week yet. I don't know about you. But I want to start reading in verses 1 and 2 this story that, that's, that, that Matthew tells about, uh, about Jesus and, and some of his followers. 
After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And there he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Now let me stop there. That word transfigured or transfiguration is a word in the Greek that you may recognize just from our English. It's the word metamorphe, basically. So this idea of metamorphosis. Something changed in the way Jesus appeared up on this mountain. And I wish we had more than that, right? Don't you wish you could have been there to experience something like this? Like, what would that have been like to have been there? So basically that word means he changed forms. Or he appeared different. It's more like one of those experiences you've had before. Maybe not quite like that, but how in the world do you put this experience into words? That's what Matthew's trying to do. Trying to put into words this experience that was passed on to him from one of these that was on the mountain with Jesus. And in verse 2, you can tell that he's using metaphor, isn't he? Let me read it again, verse 2. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. It's metaphor, isn't it? His face shined like the sun. I mean, you can't put into words sometimes these experiences that you have in your life, and you'd love to be able to pass it on to someone else and say, Man, like, let Christ change your life in the same way He's changed mine. But sometimes our words are beyond description. Can't, can't describe the situation. Let's read on in verse 3, the rest of the story. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for, the, for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you've seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Again, one of those moments you wish you'd been there for, right? I mean, Moses and Elijah appear, and it's this scene where Jesus' face shines like the sun, whatever that means. And, and here's Jesus, and here's Peter, and here's Elijah, and this whole scene that's going on. D- don't you ever wish that God would show up to you like this? Like, God, just show up to me one time. That's all it would take. I'll take a selfie with you, and I'll always remember it, right? But it doesn't happen like that for me. I don't know about you. I've never had that moment. A transcendence quite likes to describe like this. But what's interesting is we think if we had an experience like this, we would never doubt again. But I want to take you to another passage of Scripture real quick that would make me question that commitment from you. Matthew 28, it's the end of the Gospel of Matthew, just a few chapters later. Verse 17. Let me set this up for you before I read it. In Matthew 28, Jesus has died and he's been resurrected from the grave and he's appearing to some of the people who write the Scriptures, some of his disciples. And this is what it says as he's about to leave the earth again, as he's about to ascend to heaven. Matthew 28, verse 17. When they saw him, in other words, when they saw him resurrected, right? Nail scars, all this kind of stuff in him. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Does that blow your mind, anybody? Like the resurrected Jesus is standing right in front of him. He bears the marks of the cross. And they still, there's still some who doubt. And, and Jesus didn't seem to have a problem with that. He just gives them the great commission and says, go out and keep doing what you're doing, guys. And if that's not a relief to some of you who struggle with faith, struggle to believe in this whole God thing, I don't know what is. But sometimes we have this belief, if we had this experience 
with God, we would never doubt again. But I, I just have to question that because here we are after the resurrection. There's people that are confusing all this. But I want to take you back to that transfiguration scene, to one verse I read a moment ago. Again, back to Matthew 17. It's a verse I read you may not have paid much attention to, but verse 4. Peter said to Jesus, and Peter's always the one who's speaking up saying something, right? Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Which makes me question, is, is Peter like the Bob Vila of his day? Like, what is this? He has this experience, and he like starts the, first, the church's first building campaign or something. Like, let us put up a church for you here. Let us put up a shelter. It's the strangest response in my mind. Like, what in the world is Peter talking about? But then I think back to those moments in my life where I've had an experience with something that I have to describe as otherworldly. And I begin to wonder, am I kind of the same way with that? Like, wouldn't you like to bottle up those experiences you've had with God from time to time? And to bottle that up, put a lid on it, and be able to go back to it at some point? Or, or have that picture that you could go back to? Like, don't you wish you could bottle that up? And in a sense, I think that's exactly what Peter's doing, right? Is he has this experience with the dying. He's not sure what to call it. He, he knows for sure that the rest of the disciples aren't going to believe it when he gets down the mountain. And the response is, hey, can we put up a shelter? Can we just keep you here? Like, can, can you and Moses and Elijah, can we just hang out here? Because this is cool. Aren't there those moments you wish you could just freeze in time? Whether it was those moments we went back to at the beginning of our time together or, or if it was some divine encounter you've had. And isn't this the value of like, of a time machine? Don't we wish we could go back to those moments? Like, I wonder what it would be your top five list of moments you could go back to in history. Would it be moments in, in world history or when, when Jesus was on the earth? Or maybe for some of us it would be moments with our grandparents again. Or maybe it's a parent we lost or even a child that we could get that moment back in some sense. It's as if Peter knows that this is a moment he's never going to recover again. And instead of just enjoying the moment for what it is, he wants to bottle it up. He wants to be able to take it back with him. But some of these moments you can't do that with. You know, in our culture, and this is where I want to start preaching tonight. In our culture, I think we're guilty of the sin that Peter's guilty of. We've stopped enjoying the incredible moments of life with all five of our senses and we've settled for capturing them on screens that are 4.7 inches. You notice this about us? About this bent in ourselves to kind of want to preserve these moments, to capture these moments in some special way? I mean, you've seen this before. You've been guilty of this before, perhaps, right? We're missing out on these incredible moments all the while we're peering through these screens trying to get the perfect shots so that people will believe it actually happened. I mean, how many of you have been to a concert recently and seen this, right? Now, you can get the DVD, you know that, right? Like if you want to capture it, there's better video quality that others can provide. But for some reason, we have this desire to like, I'm here and I wish others could be here with me. I wish I could bottle up this moment and I could send it across the world. We have the ability to do that, don't we, through social media? Have you ever been to a, a preschool program in the last five years? Like there's a paparazzi section at these places. You'll see it later this year, right? There'll be a place right here and there'll be kids on stage and the preschool will be graduating. It's this, this great moment to capture these moments. You've been to a, 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 you know, any kind of sporting event? Like we pay high dollar for these experiences. And why? So we can capture them in worse ways than we could if we stayed at home and watched on TV. But there's something about us that when we have these experiences, we want to compile them 
and not own them with all five senses. We want to keep them. The other day, uh, we went to the aquarium. Our family did. We've got three kids under the age of seven. And so uh, the aquarium can be a crazy place to be. But we're there and we're walking around. And all of a sudden, we get up to this, this uh, display with some crocodiles over there. Not the big crocodiles. We're talking mini crocodiles. You know the ones I'm talking about? You know about that long or so? Or alligators? Some of you are scientists. You would tell me the word and all that. But we were, we were looking up into this glass, and all of a sudden, before we could get up to it, there was this family that was there, and it was a grandmother or, or a mother, I couldn't tell which, and, and a, do- a daughter that was trying to get up to the glass, probably four or five years old. And, and, and the daughter gets up in front of the, of the glass and starts to look at this crocodile, taking it all in. You can tell, like, this is probably the first time she's seen an animal quite like this. And, and we're standing behind the mom who's, who's standing there, you know, looking at, at her daughter, and she proceeds to, to yell at her daughter to get out of the way because she's trying to take a picture of her phone, on her phone of this crocodile. Like, get out of the way. I'm trying to get a picture taken. And for just a glimpse of a moment, I got this sense that isn't this what we do sometimes? Like our kids are experiencing life with all the questions and the vitality and the interests of God's creation and what He's created. They're trying to create these moments and take it in with all five senses. And what do we want to do? We want to... We want to put our camera up and make sure we got a picture. And what are we going to do with that picture? Let's be honest. We're going to put it on our terabyte hard drive. And when's the next time you're going to pull up the, the crocodile picture? Does that happen? Do you have the night where you go back and get the alligator picture out? We don't. We just compile these pictures. We preserve these moments. All the while, we're missing out on the incredible sense that God's trying to give us in the moment of His action, of His creativity, of His gifts that are all around us. You know, the, the rich guy in Scripture builds bigger barns. We've just learned to build bigger databases, haven't we? And you've seen this all over the place of people that keep preserving these moments. I'm not against taking pictures or video. There are perfect moments to do that. I mean, that's been happening for years. It just used to have put that on your shoulder to try to do that, right? And that's a gift to have a cell phone in that way. But I want us to be careful that we don't act like Peter and think, that these moments of God and these moments of inspiration, these moments of divine encounter are just blessing and gift in our family. These are moments that we'll forget if all we do is look at a screen, through a screen at them. And isn't that what Peter's up to? You know, Peter's on this mountain. He can't just enjoy the moment. He's, he's got to try to build a shelter to try to bottle this thing up when life ebbs away and we never get the five senses on a screen, do we? And I get why we do this. I mean, we put them on social media, right? And Why? That's a hard question, isn't it? Why do we put these things online? We kind of craft this perfect image of how our family is. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? Or how, how we are as individuals. Like if we could just get the perfect, perfect shot and we could, and our, our family would look perfect and we'd be all put together. But we know that it's not always like that. I saw this, other, uh, this picture the other day that stopped me in my tracks. If you could put that up. N- not that one. We'll, we'll keep going. The difference between the generations. Just take a close look at this picture right now. I don't know if you can see it. Now, you notice the guy in the middle is having trouble with his phone, which some of you can relate. But there's the older woman in the front. And maybe she forgot her phone at home, but my guess is she's from a generation that's learned to experience and enjoy life in the moment. Not try to preserve and conserve these moments that we can't bottle up like we wish we could. I guess here's what I'm wondering in the midst of all this. I, 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 I'm, I'm preaching from an iPad. I don't hate, hate technology, so don't hear that tonight. But I'm afraid sometimes that our ability 
to produce technology sometimes outpaces and surpasses our ability to handle technology with wisdom. So we have all this great technology at our disposal, but the 21st century is proof that all this progress sometimes ends up in the bloodiest century in the history of the world in the 20th century. So sometimes we outpace our ability to have wisdom and to handle things with care and to enjoy life in the ways that God intended us to. Because years ago we would have built shelters, and now we just take the, uh, a, a picture at the click of a button. But some things will never surpass the real thing, right? I mean, those moments that you described earlier in our time together, you remembered all five senses, didn't you? You remember the smells and the sounds and the taste. You could remember all of those moments and all their intricacies. And that's something that a video can never give to you. It's only in those moments that you can remember back. I remember back to a moment when I was at sixth grade. I was at Palomar Bible Camp in, uh, near San Diego, California. And I remember sitting up in the night sky. I was above, and, and there were no lights around, so we could see so well. And I remember seeing all these stars, and I got this sense. Man, I, there's got to be something bigger than me that's out there. And I will never forget that snapshot in my head. I will never forget that feeling of there's somebody who put this all together. It created all this as a gift for this evening. And every night's an opportunity to see the world that way if we would only have eyes to see. So whether it's Peter trying to build shelters for Jesus, Elijah, and Moses, or a woman pushing her kid aside to get pictures of crocodiles she'll never look at again, let me suggest that the best way to view the world is to enjoy the moment. To take it in with all five senses, to see it all as gift, and it all is gift if we have it, have it, are able to see it that way. So let's make memories, and let's experience God and struggle to come up with the words to put it all together for someone else. And let's remember as we celebrate parties at home and parties at church, as we're about to in a little while, and parties in our neighborhood, that parties are meant to be enjoyed, not compiled for a database. So as we go to family game night tonight... You can take pictures. I'm not going to be that preacher that calls you out. But maybe for just tonight, you take those pictures at the very start and then you watch your kids enjoy in ways that we've forgotten to. You soak up every moment as a gift of God, every conversation as a moment that might open up something you never imagined might happen. Enjoy those who are around you. Because these are all gifts if we have eyes to see and if we have ears to hear. May it be so tonight as we enjoy our time of worship as we continue with our games tonight as well. Let's, uh, let's pray in just a moment. Before we do that, I want to invite you to just a special time. We have uh, communion prepared in this back room. If, if any of you would like to go and partake during this last song, uh, we'd, we just encourage you to go back there to the prayer room. If you want to pray with some who are back there, feel free to, to catch up. And this is, It's okay to, to do what you need to connect with God tonight, but feel free to go back to the back t- tonight if that's something that would bless you. And uh, in just a moment, we're going to continue our worship and sing together again. God, we thank you for all the great gifts that you've given to us. Gifts of uh, our senses, our eyes to see, our ears to hear, our hands to touch, our nose to smell, our mouth to taste. And God, you've given us so many things in your good world, and yet we've devised ways to almost forget about all five senses. We've devised ways to to try to bottle up moments and they can never really be bottled up. God, the best way to experience life is just to see it all as a gift and to, and, to, and to give it back to you in praise. And so tonight, for all the things we bring in, for all the experiences, for the ways our kids see that allow us to see afresh again, would you give us 
life and breath as you do in every moment. We see it all, all as a gift, God. And as we go down the mountain tonight, there may be people who want to, want, want to know, what was that tonight? Why did you go to that while the cowboy game was going on? And God, in the midst of that, we don't have words to quite express what we've experienced tonight, but we are glad that we have been here in your midst and that you continue to speak and work and move. We love you, God. It's the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.